This is the Monitoring and Evaluation Boost with Godfrey Sincaba. Every week, we share tips and practical stories to help you master the monitoring and evaluation job and perform it to your best. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to hit that subscribe button so you're automatically updated about new episodes. And that way, you can continue to grow your m and career every day. It also helps to show your support to this podcast and improve its ranking on the platform. We really appreciate that effort. Now, let's get started. Hello, everyone. My name is Godfrey Senkava. I'm your host, Monitoring and Evaluation Boost Podcast. This is episode 15, Hiring, Monitoring and Evaluation Staff, Top 10 Tips for Managers. Part 1. Over the last 15 years, I've learned my lessons. I've made mistakes, I've corrected them, then made mistakes, corrected them, and reached near perfection. I can't claim I'm so perfect in my hiring choices, but I've reached a level where I can advise on the key issues that you need to look out for when you're hiring, monitoring, and evaluation staff. If you don't make the right choice, there are consequences to a terrible decision. You might end up doing the work. You may end up not being helpful to the staff that you've hired, but you can do things differently. And today's podcast is focused on that. If you're a manager, I have you covered. I'll share with you a lot of tips that will empower you, that will help you design and execute a very good hiring strategy. In fact, I'm sure you'll make the best choice on your next hiring. If you're not a manager and you're monitoring and evaluation staff, and you want to pursue a higher monitoring and evaluation position, I have you covered too. As you listen through, most probably you will adjust your strategy, knowing what takes place behind the scenes. But before we get started, please hit that subscribe button or follow button on your podcast app. This will show you your interest in this podcast. Secondly, share the link with your colleagues. Thirdly, let's engage. Let me know what you think about this podcast. Are there other topics that you would like me to cover? And lastly, rate my podcast. I love honest feedback. Give me five stars. <laughs> I'll enjoy it. Let's get started. Tip number one, never hire monitoring and evaluation staff without first confirming the needs the job will cover. Just because the monitoring and evaluation job is in the project proposal does not necessarily mean that you need to rush and hire. It's your job as a manager to clarify the needs, to clarify what the role is going to be about and what contribution it will make to that project. My friend, have a good understanding of the real needs. If the program has not yet begun, clarify these roles, clarify how this job is going to fit within the entire project structure. Many times, there is language in the proposal that specifies what the roles are going to be. But you may not find language that articulates the need. It's your responsibility as a manager operationalize this. Why recruit a professional to come onto your team and then you are struggling for them to perform their roles, to address needs that are not there? And there are several ways you can get information about the needs. Talk to the program team. What is missing? Or what might they need to establish a monitoring and evaluation system? Correct. Mid term evaluation and endline evaluation. Build capacity of volunteers or community members on M&E. Is that true? Do we have similar roles in other jobs? For example, when it comes to collecting monitoring data, is it the M&E officer or project officer who implements the program? If you have several activities implemented in several regions, how can one officer be responsible for collecting data on training? 
Think about it. How can one officer be responsible for collecting data on activities that have been implemented by project coordinators? It is possible that the team may not be collecting data because there is no monitoring and evaluation officer on board. And that could be wrong. You need to clarify what their responsibility is. Let's give a scenario, a livelihood program that focuses on food security. And among the activities is identifying farmers, training them, assessing them based on who is eligible for the project intervention, connecting with agriculture officers to train them, having a farmer field schools where demonstration of modern farming methods are done, and then the project supports the farmers with improved seeds, inputs, and then will monitor them with time. Now, in what I've just described, is it the monitoring and evaluation officer's job to collect data on the number of farmers enrolled, the number of farmers participating in the agriculture intervention? Is it the monitoring and evaluation officer's job to collect data on the amount of improved seeds distributed to farmers? So clarify this. In my opinion, it is not. All I've said is a responsibility of the project officer because they oversee implementation. But the monitoring and evaluation officer's job will be training them on data collection, designing tools for them, supervising the quality of the data, and establishing a management information system. They may do field visits, but those field visits is part of data quality checks and data quality assessments. So this clarity is very important before you recruit a monitoring and evaluation officer. If you're hiring M&D for the country office, talk to other teams in terms of what the role is going to serve. What is the need? Is the need more to do with strategy execution? And therefore, you would like this monitoring and evaluation specialist to help with core indicators metrics to help with aggregating data from the different projects. So clarify, this could be their job. Never ever proceed to hire for an m and position without clarifying it. Tip number two, it is always good to socialize the roles and responsibilities of the M&D position you're going to hire for to all the stakeholders for clarity and buy-in. Imagine being recruited on a team and you find that nobody is willing to support you. Nobody is there for you. It hurts. Indeed, it hurts. And as a manager, hiring for a monitoring and evaluation position is not only about getting the M&D staff on board. It's about socializing them, helping them to stay in that job and perform their role as intended to the extent possible. Once you have clarified the need, now it's your responsibility to pull together the job description, have this JD confirmed, Discuss the JD with all the stakeholders. Discuss this JD with the project staff. Discuss this job description with all positions that are going to be consequential for this role. I'll give an example. If it's a project team and you're hiring a monitoring and evaluation specialist, you will need them to work with the technical officers, technical officer for education, technical officer for nutrition, or the wash engineer, they need to work together. But sometimes there is a thin line between what the engineer or the health specialist will do and what the monitoring and evaluation specialist will do in terms of data collection, in terms of 
data analysis, and in terms of reporting findings. The monitoring and evaluation specialist will work with them as advisor when it comes to measurement. But the responsibility for these project components is under different technical officers. This is not to say that the monitoring and evaluation specialist will be under the technical specialist. No, I'm not implying that. I'm only saying that they need to work together. Please recruit me on your team so that I don't struggle to find what to do or to do what I'm supposed to do. And that's your role as a manager. Let that work environment be healthy. Secondly, look at the workflow. Don't recruit me when you've not even defined the workflow. Even if there are no business workflows and it's my role to start them, I still need good reception. I still need you to support me. Otherwise, I'll struggle fixing workflows and I can't do my job. So in terms of workflow, where does that come in? Who does what? At what point do other teams come board? If you do that, before you recruit, before you hire this M&D specialist or officer, you will really get awesome results as a manager. You can do this by clarifying your job description. Let it be clear. Let it be socialized and let everybody understand it and see the connection between their job description and M&D job description. And this will be helpful. Please do it before you hire an M&D officer on your team. Tip number three, know the plausible career path and growth opportunity for the M&E staff before you hire them. Yes, know the plausible career path and growth opportunity for the M&E staff position before you hire the candidates. This is very, very important. Everyone would like to grow. Managers, some people say staff leave managers, but also they need to grow is a key reason why people leave their organization. It's not fair and it's not even right for anybody to be in a role where they don't see any opportunity to advance. So as you socialize this job, as you finalize the job description, as you get the necessary approvals from the senior leadership team, discuss the potential career path for this position. When they come on board and perform their role as a monitoring and evaluation specialist, is it possible to grow into a senior M&D specialist? given funding and duration of the program. Just because at the proposal, we identified a monitoring and evaluation officer to be on the project, it does not mean that they have to be M&E officer for the entire three years or entire five years. You can still promote them. Everybody wants to grow. That's one of the sure ways you retain them. Don't struggle to promote me when I come on board. Have that plan clearly. It's very important that you know the plausible career path and growth opportunity for a monitoring and evaluation position before you hire the candidate. Tip number four, never undermine the human resource role, but don't suffocate under its weight. I don't know about your organization, but the organizations I've worked for have seen a change in how human resource teams behave and how human resource teams support hiring choices of the different business managers. Early in my career, all the hiring key choices were made by human resource. They would be in the driver's seat. Once you say we need this position, the HR would go ahead with the standard job description for the role, advertise even on the interview, they take an upper hand. But over time, the role has changed. Many human resource teams brand themselves as business partners. It's your choice. You are the hiring manager, but I'm your business partner. I'm going to help you with the technical pieces of that hiring exercise. So please look at the HR as a team that is going to help you with all the technical pieces of that hiring exercise. Please don't ignore them. 
when it comes to writing your job description. In fact, as a manager, what we do is to outline all the job roles and responsibilities and guide them on the type of competencies that you think a job holder or a candidate may possess in order for them to perform the job well. The human resource team will go ahead, look at that job, improve the language, add other pieces that are very important to the organization. For example, if it is a child protection agency, they will be asking you about child protection. HR will help to pull the job description to reflect the values and the mission of the organization. HR will also help you with the grading of the position within the overall organizational job family. HR doesn't know what you do. It is you to help them. That's why I'm saying don't undermine them. Don't ignore them. But at the same time, don't be suffocated by their weight. Clarify what the job is all about. Clarify the difference it is going to make. It's very important on the job grading and allocation of a salary. You are the budget holder. If you're the project manager, you are the budget holder. You know how much there is to pay. HR can also come back and say, hey, look, you want 10 years experience for this M&D officer job, but do you have the budget? How about if we make it five years? How about if we make it three years? experience. How about these competences? How about those competences? Have that honest conversation. So HR will be helpful in clarifying the JD and helping improve it to be written in the way that is acceptable. Secondly, helping you with advertising this job. But HR will do another role, which I think is very important, job screening. When candidates apply, they send their application to the HR team, please don't think that the human resource team knows everything. They need your support. Guide them. Ensure that they fully understand what the job is all about so that this can guide their screening choices. Remember, 80 people are going to apply for that one position you have. You don't want to look at 80 resumes. You want to look at least 10. But how are they going to kick off 70? Of course, they will look at their values. They will look at their mission. They will look at the generalities of the job and kick out a few. But is that all? Are you comfortable that the 10 they will send you are the best out of the 80? Please help them so that by the time they send you potential CVs, they've actually made a good decision. Human resource teams will also help on guiding you on the interview. I'm best here in North America. There's questions you don't ask candidates at the interview. You can be taken to court. I don't know about your context or your country, but it's very important that candidates don't go away thinking that you've undermined them. You've asked them questions that you shouldn't have asked. Don't take things for granted. As you write your job interview or your interview exercise, please be careful. Human resources will help you with background check. Remember, your position is just one of those they are looking out for. Ensure that yours can be expedited. So work with human resource teams well. Don't just send the job description to them and that's it. No, this may not help you get the results that you're looking for. Therefore, always and always never undermine the human resource role, but don't suffocate under its weight. Manage it appropriately. Tip number five, keep the program of business teams informed and engaged, but level their expectations. If you're an M&D manager and you're recruiting for an M&D specialist on a team, you're likely to engage so many people to help you make the right hiring decision. The technical officers, the finance officers, the country office teams, the partners, but be aware that each of these teams that you're going to engage have their own interests and priorities. Please understand their needs, understand their priorities, but be sure that you level these expectations. And I will give examples. 
if you're an M&D manager and you're based at the country office and you're recruiting for an M&D officer or specialist position for a project implemented in the central part of the country, you need to engage the manager of those programs or the regional manager. You need to engage them because this position is going to directly report to the regional manager and not you. In some organizations that have matrix reporting relationship, this position will have a solid reporting relationship with the regional manager, regional programs manager, and a matrix or a dotted line to you as the technical manager. And here is the fun part. That manager would like to have a say, a strong say in the hiring choice. They will have interests. In fact, they might write to you privately and say, yes, we have this open position, but I think so and so is well qualified for this job. That's a solid interest. He will supervise this position and is already telling you who to hire. Let's put that aside. You have technical officers who might also give you recommendations. You also have your manager. Yes, you have your manager who might also provide suggestions on who you should hire. How do you handle all those expectations and interests? My friend, as a manager, it's not easy, but never, ever give in. Don't give in. If they're sending you well-qualified people, don't put them off just because they've not gone through the normal channels. No, have their CV because you need to manage these expectations well. Have their resume, review it alongside others. Yeah, that's one way. Encourage them to apply. Yes, I've received your email recommending so-and-so. Please encourage them to apply. That's one way you've leveled the expectation. Let me tell you, managers, don't ever think that in real organization, it's only about science. No. If you think it's about, all about science, then you should be in the lab. <laughs> you shouldn't be in the lab and test those methodologies. But in the real world, it's an intersection of science and art. And as a manager, we really deal with a mix of art and science. I'm telling you. Look, we've advertised and we're encouraging everybody to apply. And there are other people who are not following the process. What do you do? And they're influential to your own existence, actually. So what do you do? That's how you can manage them because you still have a responsibility and accountability to all the people who have applied for this position through the general application process. So what I've been doing, I encourage all my colleagues who really want to influence me, you know, encourage your colleagues to apply and shall screen them alongside others. But most importantly, I highlight the real need of this position. Remember, the real need and why we need a well-qualified candidate who fits the role. I emphasize that. If their candidates manage to go through the screening process, we'll still have other processes to screen them. It is okay because we normally ask our colleagues to recommend people. So please also don't take it that just because it's a director who has sent your CV, that director is also implying that you should hire that person. No, if you're doing that, then you're mistaken. Because just imagine if it's under that impression, if they come on board, you won't be able to manage them. Hiring for M&D staff is not about interviewing them and giving them the job. It's also about managing their performance. Are you telling me just because your director sent you a CV and asked you to hire a person, you're going to hire them? What about if they fail to perform? What are you going to do? If they know that they are only in that job because of a written note, then you will have to depend on written notes. But I don't think there is any director in their right mind who just want to force staff to do things that are not reasonable. All I'm saying here is that please always ensure that you level these expectations in the most technical and rational way. 
So that's leveling expectations, please. And please, it's not only about you. Just because you are the hiring manager, it doesn't mean that every decision has to be made by you. It doesn't mean that you don't engage others. Please keep all the other colleagues, especially those roles that are going to have a stake in your M&D officer's work. Keep them informed. Keep them engaged, but level the expectations. By leveling expectations, mean handle them effectively. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Check out episode 16. That will cover the rest of the tips. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Monitoring and Evaluation Boost with Godfrey Senkaba. Please let us know your comments or any topics you would like to hear. And please check out our website, www.mandeboost.com. If you have comments about this episode or experiences you would like to share regarding the ideas discussed in this podcast, please let us know. Again, please visit our website to share. That's www.mandeboost.com. Thank you.